Vikings postgame report. Minnesota Vikings victorious over the New York Giants 27-24 to today. Uh, Gabe Henderson here alongside Ben Lieber and Ben. Uh, we, we talked in between the lines earlier. Um, we'll, we'll come up. We'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, but the, the number one thing today was the fact that the Minnesota Vikings found another way to win, in which I didn't think they could. Man, I mean, you can ne- never count this team out. And, um, you know, as it was tied and we get the ball with 2-0-1 left in the game, uh, everybody on the sideline, as is, is I'm helping call the game for KFAN, everybody on the sideline, uh, didn't seem to even be panicked or worried. You know, I, I would just kind of make eyes with some people, and they're like, eh, we got it, we're good. So, you know, there's just a ton of confidence after uh, a season like this where we've been countless number of times. I think Kirk has had, what, seven game-winning drives in the fourth quarter uh, this season so far that this was just another run-of-the-mill close game that we knew that we were going to make more plays than the other team, and, and we did. And we did, and so did Kevin O'Connell. Uh, he made a lot of play calls today for this Minnesota Vikings offense. Let's talk to his toss to his presser uh, to get his thoughts on today. Knew this uh, knew this was going to be a grind of a game um, against a really well-coached football team in all three phases on that sideline. Um, we weren't exactly at our best for throughout. We're still hunting that four quarters of true consistent uh, football that we want to see. But I, I was really proud of our guys and uh, the complimentary football that showed up there. Uh, to help put that thing away and, and uh, some real uh, significant performances today. You know, none bigger than Greg Joseph stepping in there for his career long, longest field goal in team history for the 61-yard game winner. Uh, Metellus with the block punt, Daniil Hunter, uh, two sacks and, and seven tackles, and then TJ Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson with both some record-setting days here, you know, amongst our team. And, and our quarterback played uh, continuously plays very, very good uh, to help us when we need them the most in those fourth quarters and to try to will our team to some wins. There's a lot of things that we can do better, um, a lot of things coaches can do better, but um, no better feeling than doing it after you're winning your 12th game of the season still with two to go. Um, but we're well aware that uh, our best football is hopefully out in front of us, and that's only going to come from the work um, and the commitment to continuing to build what we're doing here. Uh, the right way. Just uh, injury updates for you guys. Uh, Lynch did kind of re-aggravate uh, that shoulder. Um, we'll see how he turns over, but uh, you know, in a re-aggravation of a previous shoulder injury, um, you know, we'll, he could be day to day, and uh, we'll let you guys know earlier this week how he does. And then Sullivan, uh, Channing came back in the game, uh, just kind of banged that knee a little bit, and was able to respond and come back in and show his toughness. Um, but hard-fought victory against a team uh, that we've. Got a, got a chance to possibly see again here. Uh, it's a good football team over there, and, and uh, we're really proud of our guys for being able to overcome and win. thought our crowd was tremendous again, as they always are, and that's why it's so important to us to continue to try to secure some of these victories to give ourselves as many opportunities as possible here at U.S. Bank Stadium. Kevin, how close did you need to get before you decided to kick there at the end? Right about that line. <laughs> right about that line. I, I think the big thing... Uh, right there is just always the threat of you saw them put uh, love back there to catch the ball and, and to block for a long field goal attempt. You got to have a lot of your linemen on the field, so it's it's that gauge. And um, I looked over at Greg and and uh, could just see he had a great look in his eye and he absolutely hammered that kick. Um, and just so much credit goes to him. All the preparation he does when no one's watching for moments exactly like that. Um, really proud of Greg and and uh, I think our whole team. You could kind of feel it in the locker room. Just how proud everyone was of him. 
Kevin, when you run a screen there towards the end when the clock's ticking down, what kind of thought process goes into the consideration of trying to manage the clock, making sure Justin gets down in time? Yeah, we, we alert the huddle. Um, regardless, there was a couple plays called in the huddle based upon the looks, and we alert the huddle of the situation that we're going to clock the football. Um, and then kind of from there, it's really uh, you know calling a, a premier, premier mentality of, hey, if they're going to send pressure like we expected, clock stop, two-minute, uh, we're going to try to put the ball in play and uh, see if we can possibly get up and under a couple of those blocks because they did bring uh, kind of one of their overloads, whether away or to it, and uh, great execution. As we saw last week with some big screens and some big moments, I thought I don't know what Justin got on that play, um, but uh, for him to get north and south, for us to cover people up and, and, and almost run out of the thing, uh, but then 19 seconds left to have the ability to, to get up there and get that thing clocked give uh, Greg a chance. I thought it was a huge moment as well as the completion previously to Justin where we held up versus kind of a, a boundary overload. So a lot of overload pressure, a lot of what the, the Giants are. And, and, and like I said, when I say that I have a lot of respect for these coaches, not only their head coaches, it's done a phenomenal job, but uh, Wink's always been one of those coordinators. It's a challenge every time you go against those guys because at any moment um, they can create a play that can change the game just by the nature of how they play. So you've got to mitigate risk while also trying to be aggressive yourself in some mo moments like that. Yeah, you guys worked so much on situational stuff, even starting the training camp. Yep. Did you ever honestly think it would be it would play a role in 11 wins this year? Um, I knew it would play a role in some wins, probably not that many. Um, but uh, our guys' uh, ability to be um, able to play with a quieted mind and just understand the situation and pitch and catch and, and, and execute some things. Uh, maybe the best execution all day in those moments, and, and that's a theme for our team. Uh, now we, what we've got to do is find a way to create that kind of urgency and uh, you know execution level throughout four quarters, and we're going to see something really special uh, with this team. But every week in this league, it's a grind to win games, especially against teams like that that are going to play good football. Um, so proud we were able to overcome it. And like always, there's a lot we can do better. Me, me none more than anyone else. Um, I got to be out in front making sure I continue to push our team to understand 12 wins is great. Uh, we've earned each and every one of those wins, um, sometimes right down to the very end, most times right down to the very end. Uh, but uh, we're still building something here that every moment we get to prepare, grow as a team, uh, those things matter, and we got to take advantage of them. What does the mindset become with all these wins you pull out? Is the team just... No matter the circumstance, they just assume they're going to win. Have these heart-stopping wins almost become routine? Or No, I don't think they assume. I just think they're prepared in those moments to uh, find a way. And whatever phase that is, uh, understanding the importance of stepping on the grass, no matter how much time, no matter the urgency, no matter the situation, hopefully we've repped it, talked about it, practiced it, acknowledged the difficulty, and accept the challenge to go get it done. And I think that's what our team's done a lot this year in those moments. Kevin, can you describe what enabled uh, TJ to get so open on the first touchdown pass? Yeah, we were, you know, we were in a big grouping there. Um, kind of, he's an attached tight end, kind of selling, uh, you know, almost like a low cross route. We call it on a keeper. Uh, Kirk's attacking the edge, and, and then we just allow, uh, you know, JJ to change direction there and kind of lose his defender. Um, perfect look for the play, uh, but then it's on Kirk and TJ to execute there and. And uh, even with the multi, you know, the white, purple, white end zones there, able to get his feet in. And uh, that was the only, my only fear when I saw him kind of running across the back is would he know where the actual back line was. And, and uh, great pitching catch by those guys. We had kind of a similar, a similar play design on, on one of those early third and short. 
uh, where JJ kind of ran something pretty similar and taking a shot there, um, hoping we would convert that one, but we didn't. So just wanted to be aggressive in those moments where we could dictate a little bit more than third and eight, and, and they may be coming over the walls at you, and, and you got to be careful in those moments. What kind of superlative do you have for Justin Jefferson after this type of performance? Um, I told him, you know, after that third down catch, you know, in the in the red zone there, I just told him it's it's a pleasure and, a, and an honor to coach a player like that 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 uh, you know can show up in those biggest moments and one of his best routes, quite honestly, uh, that I've seen him run. And he's ran a lot of great ones, a lot of ones that end up on social media, uh, but the type of coverage he was facing in that moment uh, and the detail and and his ability to separate in an absolute huge critical moment. Uh, with without the uh, let's just call it a less than ideal look, um, I just told him he's a special player, and uh, you know I just absolutely love him to death, and and just hope that he knows that. And it's never pro it's never a bad thing to tell somebody you you love them. That's what my wife tells me. Kevin, what's what's it been like uh, with Greg Joseph? Went through the rough stretch. He missed five extra points, five straight field goals of longer than fifty, but the way he's kind of fought through it and bounced back these last few weeks, especially today. Yeah, I think it's important that our players understand that adversity um, is going to be met with opportunity to, uh, as our team has done. We have not always played well as a team in moments and games, but that's adversity that we need to respond to. And I think on an individual level, level for a kicker, it's hard, right? Uh, Greg had you know a couple swings there you know, early on in the season where, hey, um, you know, let's get back and, and make sure we continue to work technique fundamentals, make sure we're dialed in with the execution of snap, hold, kick, so that you guys can be what you've been for us since I got here is ultra consistent. And just pick them up and let them know that we've got nothing but 100% confidence in those guys to go execute. And then you got to give them the opportunities in those moments to prove what you say. Uh, and then when you see the, that ball go through the uprights and our team go crazy, uh, those are real growth moments for everybody. When you guys get up 23-16, did you give any thought there to going for two to try to make it a nine-point game? Yeah, I did. I, I just, uh, in that moment, I, I felt strongly about making it an eight-point game to ensure uh, that uh, it would be tied if they went down. Worst-case scenario for us in that moment, they go down score and get the two-point. Um, I, I just didn't want to give, you know, at that point, you can eliminate them from then going down to score and get the two-point to take the lead. And then all of a sudden, that last drive, we're needing to kick a 61-yarder. Uh, to, to possibly you know, not lose the game. So I thought going, it, we, we went back and forth. I talked to Ryan quite a bit about it in the moment. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was one that we did discuss, but I thought it was important to get that eight point lead in that moment. Kevin, did you see this being the type of game that would allow TJ to have as big a game as he did? I thought he would have an opportunity. I really did, uh, just based upon uh, when he wasn't going to be, if, if it turned into an ultra pressure game like it, it could be at times against that team, it'd be hard to get him out truly as much as we'd like. Uh, but he was able to, you know, really make some, make some hay underneath coverage. There was a lot of roll coverage to Justin playing a lot of split safety. We we're able to get Justin and him, you know, kind of work in the middle of the middle of the field at different times. Um, and then, qu you know, quite honestly, just the you know the red zone, the way he showed up on that first touchdown, kind of that designed play. And then uh, you know his his second one as well, just just really sharp uh, by TJ, and, and continues to find a real role for us in our offense. And uh, just like KJ can you know have a huge game last week, uh, that game is out there for all of our players with our quarterback kind of finding the open man, um, playing with great poise, and and uh, our offensive execution being consistently where we want. We could have, uh, quite honestly, just across the board, we could have been better today offensively, and and. Uh, you know, helped our team a little bit more, and that's what we'll go back and continue to work through. But 
to uh, to get it done was was a credit to our players. Coach, you mentioned how much uh, pressure they sent, especially late. Um, I guess what did you think about how Kirk handled those and just stood in the pocket? Yeah, it's it, those are the moments that they are trying to cause chaos. They are trying to cause a frantic feel to how you play, uh, and and he just. Uh, the throw to Justin on before the screen was a great example of trusting that protection, stepping up, our guys executing up front and getting that ball thrown and caught uh, in a huge moment that allowed us to then uh, give ourselves a huddle call chance to, to be aggressive with the play call and also have uh, that, that screen to Justin in our back pocket to, to execute at a high level. And those, those plays mean a lot to our team in those moments. And that's how you Executing situational football by, by everybody having a level head and being led by your quarterback uh, like he's done time and time and time again this year. You've talked about trying to be more aggressive on defense. The quarter blitzes today, was that something that kind of got cooked up this week, or where did those come No, we've, we've had those, uh, whether you're sending the nickel, the corner, whatever it is. Um, sometimes they're run-stopping pressure. Sometimes they're just trying to catch off maybe some of their RPO game or some of the gun run. Um, but uh, but I thought Ed was aggressive in, in spots and continues to kind of make adjustments in game to give ourselves a chance. They held them under you know 30% on third down um, to force some turnovers there. And, and offensively, we were able to not have any turnovers. So when you win that battle, and although it can feel like a grind sometimes against that team, um, you play clean enough, you'll give yourself a chance to win in the end. And, and that's when our team t tends to respond. Kevin, you said you had that screen in your back pocket if you needed it. So did you start that possession thinking this is one of the this is on a short list of plays I might call? Yeah, you know, it was it was just something that I could add to the call when I felt like it might be uh, justified to give Kirk that that opportunity. So we were going to try to be aggressive and, and, and get the ball down the field because uh, you don't want to have to rely on a 61-yarder if you don't have to. Uh, we had kind of used some, we had some injury things throughout the second half that um, you know, I needed to be better knowing who was available and kind of play clock ran down, had to take a, a timeout. That's 100% on me. Um, so without our full complement of timeouts, um, I knew we would need chunks, but I didn't want to jeopardize possibly putting Kirk in a tough situation. So great audible by him um, that, that he had at his disposal. And, and then, then you got to go execute that screen in that moment with some really athletic people chasing and running to make that tackle. So big play for our team and, and gave Greg a chance. Thanks, guys. Uh, ben, you also talked to uh, Kevin O'Connell on the Vikings Radio Network, KFAN, and um, you, you used the word not, I, I guess, drained as far as just his demeanor, but he was happy that his guys won. Yeah, man, I think, you know, after, especially after last week, um, he just looked exhausted after last week. Um, you know, today he just, you know, a little bit more somber, you know, maybe not quite as enthusiastic of the win. I think you know, maybe sensing just a little bit of frustration that uh, their offense did not execute the way he was hoping to. You know, I, I brought up the the idea that you knew that the Giants were going to blitz. Uh, we were inconsistent of taking advantage of the blitz. And, you know, he was really quick to point out that it, it was basically it's not as if these guys weren't prepared for it. Um, you know, they saw the looks that they expected. Um, I think there was just some recognition and execution issues with the guys on the field. And, and so I think he was just, he seemed a little frustrated with the, the amount of plays they left out on the field. But nonetheless, extremely proud of the guys for fighting through once again and making plays really when they needed to make plays, which, which is what they've been doing all season long. Doing it all season long, which has resulted in the 12 wins for this Minnesota Vikings team. At the helm of this Vikings team is Kirk Cousins, another Huge performance today, 34-48, 299 passing yards, 
but more importantly, he had three touchdowns, no interceptions. He addressed the media today, and uh, to get, I guess just to get his thoughts on today's performance. Huge win again. Uh, we found the inches again. Um, you know, it was a, another team win. When you look at how close that game was and you see the plays made by our defense, the turnovers they created, the blocked punt by our special teams unit, the 60-plus 60, 60 yard field goal, um, you know, you see how it really takes all three phases making plays for us to be able to win and uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Um, on the offensive side, you know, obviously Justin broke a big record. Anytime you're breaking a record that is held by a guy named Randy Moss, you're doing something special. Um, you know, and great to break it in that 16 game window as opposed to 17. Um, you know, TJ obviously was targeted a lot today, had a big game. Um, I felt like his uh, second touchdown was a, a really critical play in the game, but also a very difficult play to make. And uh, to high point the ball, a little underthrown, come down in bounds and hold on. Um, just test, testament to uh, his ability and his focus. Um, and, uh, you know, just keep playing complimentary football. I think it's so important when the defense creates a turnover, we go down and get points. Or, you know, when we get in field goal range to hit a field goal, you know, just kind of complimenting off each other, I think is so important. Um, and, uh, you know, it wasn't perfect today, but the Giants are a good football team and uh, made it hard for us. And, um, you know, we'll just uh, keep building. We got a long week now with an extra day before we head to Green Bay. So, um, you know, we'll enjoy Christmas and, uh, and uh, keep moving forward. But uh, I can take any questions you guys have. Kirk, are you thinking of a specific yard line for Joseph? Is every play you call to get him in field goal range? And is there, is it target 35? Is it target something? I think you do want to get as close as you can. Um, I didn't feel like where we were was close enough. Um, so I don't think you really settle. You're just going to take whatever you can get. Um, but you know you want to get in that makeable range, uh, wherever, that, wherever that may be. How much does home field advantage and, and, and seeding, do you guys talk a lot about that now? Is that a real important piece once you put your division? I don't think we talk a lot about it. I think we're all aware. Um, of the importance of trying to get the right seed position. But um, there's a lot in that that's out of our control. There's certainly a large part that's in our control. And um, you just got to play each game and really you know, let, let the chips sort where they may at the end of the year, but try to go win all these games and, and go from there. What's that home field when you see the whiteout like that uh, today? Yeah. I think it's the first time they ever wore white uniforms. I think, yeah. Well, uh, explain what home field advantage does mean when you see how you know, the fans respond. Yeah, uh, I can't say enough about our home atmosphere. That was our last regular season home game of the year. And uh, you know, I think we had a, uh, did a tremendous job at home this year. And I think a lot of that goes to our, our fans and their, the way they um, brought energy. And uh, I think the whiteout was a fun idea. Um, I think it added an element to the to the game and and uh, around Christmas time and with the weather outside, you know, uh, I think as well it, it was just a good fit. So and the fans showed up and and showed up in their white and did a great job. So can't say enough about the the noise and those critical moments at the end of the game that I think really moves the needle. Time and time again, we saw Greg cap a practice with a real yes. field goal. Yes. Then he hit like a little bit of a rough patch with the 50 plus. Um, what was it like to see that moment for him and the kind of the faith that this team kept in him? It was a, it was a huge kick. And um, I didn't think we were close enough. I didn't ask for the yardage. But uh, I thought it was closer to like 64 maybe, where it was really far. And um, 
when you know when he hit it it just looked so good it was straight it looked long enough from where we were standing and uh you never know but it felt good right away and he did just like you said Craig he did in training camp and multiple practices with a kick like that and uh, it was so great to see it uh, uh, you know from August show up here in late December if the season ended today would this be the most incredible season or unique season that you ever experienced in football in your life? Uh, it's a great question uh, when you talk about playing at this level you know where the stakes are much higher and the the grind is much more and you you know the margin for error is so small and then when you think about uh, uh, you know the challenge that it is to win in this league I mean having played I've started now it's my eighth year starting uh, I mean it's it's a battle just to get to 500 many times with how close these games are sort of to be at you know 12 and 3 you, you understand I guess now in year 11 just how difficult that is to do and um, and yet you also sit there and you just feel like there's so much football now up ahead of us that we've got to be playing our best football and peaking, you know, as we move forward. Kirk, what allowed your mind TJ to have such a big day? And then what did you see on the second touchdown there? Um, TJ, first of all, is a great football player. You know, I mean, I, he caught a ball on a third down where I threw the ball too high and he got drilled and held on. Uh, so there's a toughness there. Um, he's got a good savvy, good feel for the game. Um, on that second touchdown, you know, we got the, the look we wanted and felt like I just needed to hold the safety for a second and then put the ball out there to him. Um, and then he did the rest. Um, you know, a couple times he's kind of the backside of the concept and they did defended it well and kind of was able to kick backside and, and get the ball to him. Um, but uh, he's got great movement skills, great hands, and he's a smart football player. And, and then I think our coaches, you know, have done a great job of of the scheme to make sure that he's able to, uh, you know, put his skills to use. Kirk, on the screen at the end there, what made you, Coach O'Connell said you audible to that. Yeah. What made you decide that that was the moment to do it? And then what's the, the clock situation like there when you're trying to run it, a longer development play, get enough yards and get down to clock it? Yeah, the, the defense, uh, Coach Martindale's defense really dictated a lot all game long because of the way that they play. So you're just trying to be aware of, you know, what they're presenting to you and then get to plays that have a good answer. Um, and that was kind of the battle all game long was they were going to win some, we were going to win some. But, um, you know, he certainly makes you prepare hard and have a have a plan with the way they, they play on defense. When, when they blitzed, uh, uh, it was down your left. Um, you made the connection with JJ. Um, on the final drive there? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, is that just a, a byproduct of the, the connection you have where you can just make that throw and, and make that catch under that kind of? Yeah, I got hit as I threw it, so I didn't even get to see. You know, it probably wasn't the most accurate throw, but you're throwing it so early that you're just kind of trying to put it out there guessing. Really, that was the touchdown as well, was I'm throwing that, guessing where to put it and just hoping. I'm basically getting my cue off the crowd. You know, if the crowd cheers, then it must have been good. Um, so, and, and – uh, that was the case again on that one. Just got to a, a max protection and just wanted to give Justin a chance there. But it's tough to have the time with the way they pressure. All those uh, third down throws to Jefferson, I mean, what more can you sort of say about his ability to break on that? Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, there's many that were impressive. The one that's jumping out to me was we rolled out to our right and threw one in the flat to him versus man coverage, and he was like, 
two to three yards short of the sticks. And he only had a yard or two from the sideline. And his ability to get north and toe tap and get the first down, very subtle. But I can't tell you how many guys would just run out of bounds there and we'd be kicking a field goal or punting. So uh, I remember just to myself when he did it, thinking like, that's a pretty good play right there to toe tap and get up and out before they could get him out of bounds. And uh, it's a subtle thing, but it's one of the many ways he shows up. And, and then just the continued catches in traffic. Um, you know, he did, I think, on the touchdown. There's just a lot of people there. And just his ability to hold on and finish, it's, um, it's elite. And, um, you know, we probably owed him a few more. There were a few more plays out there for him, the short yardage in the first half where I didn't, uh, you know, throw it well enough to him. And that's a big, big play for him there if, he can, if we can connect. Um, and then there was, in the two minute at the end of the half, I felt there was a route there that I could have worked him as well that I didn't. So, um, Glad we got the got the, to finish with a couple big completions there to him. Kirk, sorry. Second touchdown, TJ. Did you think, okay, he's open? I have him, or is more of a what the heck throw? I don't like to make what the heck throws, Jim. That would be really foolish. But uh, uh, man coverage, so you you hold the safety and you want to make sure that uh, you trust your teammates to do their job. You understand the man coverage, what the rules are, the coverage, and then where the ball needs to go, the red line or to the sideline, and then you want to make sure you don't overthrow it. So I want to give him a chance, and um, and you know his height. You know if it's underthrown, he can still go make the play, and he did. Um, the key was that he stayed in bounds and uh, and held on as he came to the ground. Big time play by him, and um, uh, you know it was a great call by Kevin because we got the coverage look we wanted, which then enables us to to, to run that. Kirk, sorry if you've addressed this, but uh, with this home crowd and everything, describe the level of importance of getting the number two seed in the NFC. Well, I think there's still a lot of football to be played. So just like going into this game, coming out of this game, you know, we got to go get it. But um, I think it's uh, it's helpful if we can, you know, be at home. I remember in 20 the 2019 season, so the 2020 playoffs, um, you know, going on the road to New Orleans, going on the road to San Francisco, and coming away from that saying, the more games you can play at home, the better in the playoffs. And so we got to do our part to uh, to make that happen. Kirk, it seems that every player in the locker room just now was saying it's more than football. I mean, they love the win, they're happy to celebrate, but it's always like it's more than football. It's about the guys in the locker room. Yeah. As at any point in your career, whether it's coming from the kicker, whether it's coming from yourself, what does it mean at this point in the season? So we, we've had a good core nucleus of guys in this team for a few years now, and as I um, was in August looking at the season, you realize that um, – you know, your group is only together for so long. And then in the NFL, NFL stands for not for long and people move on. And so I kind of felt that, you know, that this is a bit of a, uh, it's a special group and there's a, there's a time sensitivity here where, you know, we got to do it now. And, um, and so I just, I do feel really strongly about the group we have. Um, you know, just, I've said it when we were 500, we have a great locker room, we have great camaraderie. Nobody, I don't think anybody really cares when you're not, winning but um but we had a great group and we have a great group and um you know it's, it's been grateful that we've been finding the inches this year and that's been able to show through the the, the chemistry we have all right thank you uh, ben on between the lines we we talked about just some of the throws that kirk is making um top five most accurate quarterback in the nfl um, we, we know he's he's accurate when he doesn't get pressure, but with pressure, he's actually delivering at a higher rate when it comes to touchdown interception ratio. Just another complete performance by him, but you want to see him stay clean. 
Oh, man, you, you want to see him stay clean. And, you know, he, he did a great job, you know, I think at times stepping up in the pocket when he was feeling the pressure. He knew he was going to get pressured. He knew he was going to get hit. And that's the one thing I think everybody uh, respects out of Kirk is he's a, he's a tough SOB, man. He'll take some hard hits and just get right back up, say, off oh, frick, and then just, uh, keep playing, you know. So, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of that today. I think there was a couple times where he, he took – you know, unnecessary sacks, but in the end, it didn't really hurt us. He he made some plays, um, you know, as the game went along. The the third and nine and the final drive where he heaved it up to J.J. on a zero blitz, incredible throw, incredible awareness, understanding where J.J. is supposed to be, throws the ball before J.J. even gets to the top of his route. So then J.J. breaks out, and all he's got to do is track the ball a little bit faster than defensive back. First down, you know, go back to J.J.'s touchdown, the 17-yard touchdown. Incredible route set up by J.J. And just a, a trust throw, really, by Kirk, that he knew that his receiver was going to win to, at the top of the route and beat an inside safety and beat an outside corner on a bracket. So, um, you know, he, he had some really clutch throws today. Clutch throws and clutch catches, but also a guy with some clutch catches today uh, was T.J. TJ Hawkinson. 13 receptions, 109 yards, two touchdowns, uh, just an unbelievable day. He, he now has the most receptions in the game by a tight end in franchise history. R where do you start when it comes to just the impact that he's making for this Minnesota Vikings offense? Well, I mean, obviously it's huge. Um, you know, for, for our offensive coaches to recognize that there's really nobody in their linebacker core or the safeties that could match up with him all game long and, and win. Um, it was great that they took advantage of that and, and you know, advantage us. We were on the plus side of that matchup. And early and often, they said, we're just going to give him the ball. And we've seen what he can do run after the catch. He's, he's pretty good at breaking a few tackles here and there. So he's a possession guy, and he's also a big play guy. And, um, you know, to, to have, you know, not just another re receiver, as in, like, uh, Thielen or KJ, but to have an inside guy be, you know, a leading receiver or a go-to guy is big for this offense. And then you throw in Dalvin Cook, which we saw a game ago, uh, how important he was. Um, you know, this is a lot of weapons, and he's just one of these top weapons that we have on this team. We're going to need him, especially as uh, January football comes uh, around the corner, which is right around the corner uh, following uh, I guess tomorrow's Merry Christmas games. Uh, but, but before we get to talking about the defense, let's, let's hear from Ron Johnson and his three takes on today's performance by this Minnesota Vikings team. Thanks, Ben and Gabe. Well, this is Ron Johnson coming to you from the KFAN studios. And the Vikings win 27-24, to 24, as we've everybody's pointed out. But this is another one of those nail biters. The Vikings are now 11-0 in one-score games this season, just showing their resilience, their ability to never give up, and their trust in every single player on this team. Why? Because today's players they needed to rely on, a guy by the name of Josh Metellus doesn't get a ton of headlines, but he got a pump block. That was a huge way to make sure this game stayed in the control of the Vikings so that they can take every piece of that clock to come down to the very end and nail a 61-yard field goal, goal by Greg Joseph. That's my first takeaway. Special teams. Special teams got it done today. That's a 61-yard field goal by Greg Joseph. That's a Vikings record. And Greg Joseph put himself in the Vikings history books. And then also Josh tells with the pump block. My second takeaway from the day T.J. Hawkinson is a bad man. T.J. Hawkinson, 13 receptions, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. One was good, but two? Two was better. And here's the one that I loved. It was a wheel route. T.J. Hawkinson 
faked the flat, went up. Kirk Cousins throws it before he's in place. Two guys beat him to the spot. But TJ Hawkinson, just like every other tight end has played basketball, uses that frame to go up and get that rebound at the top. Caught it at his highest point. That gives Kirk Cousins a ton, a ton of confidence when he knows he can throw a ball in a double coverage and his tight end is going to come down with it. They're going to need that down the stretch. That's my second takeaway. He's a dangerous weapon. And the Vikings have so many dangerous weapons. When you look at K.J. Osborne and what he did last week, you know Justin Jefferson's a bad man, and you got Adam Thielen. You also have Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the NFL. So this Vikings offense, that's my second takeaway, is dangerous weapons, but T.J. Hawkinson, today it was his day. And my third takeaway is Justin Jefferson sets the Vikings record. That's 1,756 yards. He did it in 15 games. For those people that are out there worried about the 17-game season, and how do these records match up when you look at if he had done it in 16 games and it's his record? Well, he did it in 15 to get the Vikings record. Now, can he get 2,000 in 16 games? Who knows? Who knows? He's going to need 244 yards against the Pack or against the Bears. No, sorry, against the Packers. 244 yards against the Packers. And what would be a great way to do it, to get 2,000 yards against the Packers? That's 244 yards, but he's on pace. That's 122 yards a game. In the next two games, you got the Bears and the Packers. Very doable. This man is chasing NFL history. Calvin Johnson's 1,964 currently has a lead. And Justin Jefferson is on the way. He's coming. But 12 catches, 133 yards, and one touchdown. He continues to be a solid, quiet assassin at times for Kirk Cousins. And he quietly got 12 catches today. He did have the one touchdown, though, that made a lot of noise. But this Vikings team is now... 12 and 3. Two games left. Number one seed is still on the line. If the Eagles lose to the Cowboys, the Vikings could be the number one seed. But those are my three takeaways from today's Vikings win over the Giants. It's back to you guys at the field. Well, Ben, uh, defensively, um, not the greatest performance, but a bend but don't break style of defense, which is, I guess at this point, um, 15 games in the year, that's what our identity is, right? I mean, I, I kind of hate to say it because it's like we give up so many yards and everybody's going to look at the statistics and look at our, our where we rank in every category and we're like, boy, you guys don't have a great defense. But, like, we're making plays, you know. We're making plays when we need to. There's a lot of great defenses out there yardage-wise that don't make the plays that we're making. So, you know, we're giving up 445 yards and then we, you know, as, as the Giants are sniffing the red zone, you know, we get two takeaways, you know. And those aren't just – you know, just takeaways and be like, oh, we're just happy to have the ball back. Like, those are backbreakers for an offense. You know, those are momentum shifters for a team. So we did that. We got the the special teams block punt as well. And, um, you know, it's just when our defense needs to make plays, we're making plays. And, you know, add in the fact that the Ed Donatel has heard, you know, all the criticism these last few weeks about us not dialing up pressures. We saw Patrick Peterson you know, on a corner blitz. You know, we're finding ways to get creative to bring extra guys, and it really is affecting how, how teams have to scout us and play us now because they don't know where the pressure is going to come from. So, yeah, do we want to have a little bit more pressure? Sure. Do we want to stop them uh, on some of these in-breaking routes and some of these slant passes? Sure. But we're making the tackles, and we're making them – we're forcing them into mistakes, and we're capitalizing. Capitalizing is key, and my last, uh, my last question for you um, is – on the health of this team uh, right now as we speak, this team is very healthy. I mean, we, we pretty much are playing 
um, 90, 85, 90% of our starters that, that started week one. And that's where you want to be this time of the year. Uh, uh, going forward, you got the, the Green Bay Packers next week, which could end up being a big game. Not sure if it'll be flexed or not. Uh, but after that, you got the Chicago Bears. How important should health be for this Minnesota Vikings team as we continue to make this playoff push? Well, it's going to be huge. I mean, that's that they're going to have to play the math game, uh, the probability game, look at how the game's finished this weekend across the NFC, where we're at with the number two seed or the number one seed, depending on how Philadelphia does. Now, Philly has to lose all three of their games, you know, for us to have a chance to be at the number one. So most likely we're looking at two, the number two or three seed. And look, if, if the 49ers falter and, you know, maybe we get a, a, a one-game pad in there, then absolutely start looking at getting some guys off, you know, taking some plays off, taking a series off. You know, that, that last game of the season against Chicago, playing in the elements, if that's a game where you can rest some starters and it becomes one of those quote-unquote meaningless games, I don't want to see the starters out there. You know, I really don't. Um, it's going to be more beneficial for those guys to get a break, get a refresh, get a little bit of that bye week uh, feel, and then come back fresh and ready for the playoffs. Well, the fact that we're talking about playoffs right now, it, it seemed kind of um, surreal when you looked at the video board and it says, hey, Vikings fans, we will see you in the playoffs. That's what you – I mean, that's what we ask for. This is, this is what, we, we, what we've asked for at the start of the new year – I mean, at the start of the season this year when you said, hey, the number one goal is to win the NFC North. The Vikings have done that. Uh, and that's all you care about, and hopefully we can, can – and hopefully we can continue to make this playoff push as this Minnesota Vikings team stays healthy. Uh, but for Ben, Ron Johnson, Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, this entire Minnesota Vikings team, uh, oh, the whiteout. I didn't even talk about that, Ben. Yeah. You were on the sideline. Yeah. We, we were white. Can, can you describe just the atmosphere before we close out? I thought it was sweet, man. I, I I was getting amped up for it during the course of the week when I saw the social media push by the Vikings of seeing the, the Norseman logo and the end zones being painted white. Um, I thought it was going to be a really cool look. Saw the jersey reveal, uh, knowing that our fans are, are great fans and they're going to listen to the request to wear white. You know, this whole stadium was white. Um, you know, a lot of people on the sidelines were wearing white. I, I thought it was a really cool touch. It just it brings a little a little extra juice, I think, to these games. I mean, we don't have a lot of home games when you look at other leagues, um, so you really have to make them count. But even if you could just switch it up and give the fans a little something else to look forward to, um, I thought it just brought a little bit more energy, and I think the guys fed off it. Yeah, even talking to Brian Asamoah, um, who was a rookie, he said today felt like a college atmosphere. Um, when he was at Oklahoma, every first home game of the year, they would have a whiteout. And he said this felt like that. So uh, great job by everybody uh, who made this thing go, made this thing possible. Just, just, just a great turnout today. And uh, home field has been a, a huge, huge benefit for this Minnesota Vikings team and will continue to do so in the playoffs. Uh, one thing we do know is that this Minnesota Vikings team is 1-0 when they wear white jerseys at home. So uh, I'm not a superstitious guy, but – Maybe they continue to wear white jerseys at home. Uh, but for Ben Lieber, three Ron Johnson, Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, this entire 12-3 and three Minnesota Vikings team, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into the Vikings postgame report. That's a good football team over there. And it was going to take a gritty, down-to-the-wire effort. All right, A lot of things we can clean up coming out of this game. All right, A lot of times where we had momentum, and maybe we didn't really hold that momentum. We didn't find a way to stay consistent. To, to no other doing than our own. So we got to continue to understand what that means. But I'm just telling you, fellas, 
in those moments, whether we trot our kicker on for a 61-yard field goal, longest field goal, Oh, gee, that goes all the way back for every single time we let you work. Throughout training camp, every week in practice, your teammates are always around you. They watch you hit those things in practice over and over, week after week. For that moment right there, game ball Greg Joseph. Yeah. 13 catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. A career high for him and a tight end team record, Mr. TJ Hawkinson. Defensive side, two sacks, seven tackles. He was all over the place. Where's Daniel Hunter? Yeah. We talk about as a team being at your best when it's required. How about a guy that's been doing it all year long? You told these guys last night you're competing with yourself and the standard you hold for yourself. That is a game-changing, game-winning play, Josh. And then 12 catches, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Team record for the season for yards and receptions. This guy's on his way to a historical season, but he as well is at his best when his best is required. Justin Jefferson, where you at? Right. We get two more opportunities to cement what we are for this regular season while also knowing we're taking steps to being at our best when we need to be at the end of this thing. All right, lock in the feeling. All right, we've had this feeling a lot, 12 times for a matter of fact. But lock this in and we work for this feeling every single week. Everything you've got from here on out, week in and week out, we work for this feeling again and again and again until they don't let us play any more games. You guys with me? Yes, sir. All right, it's on us. It's all right down out there in front of us. All right, what an opportunity, what a group. I love this team, love each and every one of you. Kirk Cousins, break it down. Hey, hey that's what playoff football feels like. Get your mind right for it, all right, man, let's go. Pikes on three, one, two, three. Pikes!